welcome back to the Dr. Body Mind Soul podcast. My name is Dr. Jude, and this is a podcast which explores how we can integrate modern medicine and alternative therapies to help you get the holistic health care that you deserve. I will be speaking to healers and seekers, researchers and authors who will share their experiences and the evidence to help guide us all to holistic health. Let's do this. Ellie Grace is a trauma-informed yoga teacher with an MA in yoga studies who lectures medical undergraduates in the neurophysiology of yoga to nurture their personal development and prevent burnout, which has never been more important. Doctors are experiencing workplace burnout at the highest ever levels recorded, with findings from the regulator's 2022 survey revealing that 39% of junior doctors reported experiencing burnout to a high or very high degree because of their work, up six percentage points on the previous year. And this, of course, is not just affecting doctors. Ellie works with war veterans, schools, corporates, and many more, seeking to create sustainable, human-centered cultures inspired by yoga ethics, and trains yoga teachers in trauma-informed approaches to create social change. Welcome, Ellie. Thank you so much for having me. Nice to meet you, Jude. Well, I was just so inspired by you speaking at the IPM conference. And to be honest, I was heartened, so heartened to hear that medical students were getting an education in the neurophysiology of yoga. And I, well, I really wanted to learn actually about that particular topic myself. Can you start by explaining to me and my listeners, you know, what is the neurophysiology of yoga? That's such a big question, and I hope that I can answer it succinctly. But basically what I'm doing when I'm teaching the neurophysiology of yoga is helping those medical students to understand, first and foremost, the mind-body connection, which is seemingly only just sort of making its way into medical knowledge and understandings of the body, I think. Um, And really what I'm doing is weaving together experiential practice. So first and foremost, we're not just looking at theory and understanding the science and understanding the evidence basis. I'm actually getting these students to experience from the inside out the feeling of breathing into their, I don't know, their right lung or feeling into their lower backs as they breathe there. And going through various different yogic practices, including postural work, breath work and meditation and and relaxation, so that they can begin to tune into that mystical yoga that we talk about, the, the union of the mind and the body and the experience of feeling as if the mind, body and soul are in alignment with one another. I call it neurophysiology really um, because it helps to get the program seen and recognized by medics, to be completely honest with you. Um, And because I want to take the inverted commas sort of woo-woo out of yoga for these kinds of groups in order to make way for yoga and to make way in such a way that it's no longer deemed radical. I don't want, I want to sort of demystify the mystifying process of yoga, as it were, by bringing some of that science to those who are science-minded. So essentially, we are looking at the mind-body connection. We're understanding the vagus nerve and the role of the vagus nerve in communicating messages between the mind and the body and understanding how the vagus nerve is toned and its function is improved through yoga, um, particularly through breath work. It's a really powerful way of of toning the vagus nerve. Um, And we look at things like polyvagal theory, and we look at how trauma impacts the the mind and the body. And we we really are looking at everything through the lens of, of a nervous system education, and coming to understand how when we manipulate our nervous system through various different yogic practices, we can impact our mood, our emotions, our thinking and our behaviours. And therefore we can, you know, change the course of our lives and our trajectories and be in control, in more control perhaps, um, 
of of the outcome of things and and of the way that we feel in our skin. Um, so we're sort of also when I say neurophysiology, we're we're using the body and our knowledge of the body to understand how how karma uh, you know functions and how mindset shifts and changes in our philosophical outlook can all impact our health and our well-being so it's a it's a lot of different things it's a sort of and i call it neurophysiology as i say but it involves so much social behavior physiology um mental health self-care philosophy um it, it, it's so much as as those of us who practice yoga know it is so much under one umbrella what really struck me is when you said you're really giving the medical students an education in the in the nervous system and of course medical students get an education of the nervous system but thinking back you know my education of, of the nervous system was very much about the anatomical um basis of the nervous system so we've got the central nervous system being held within our brain and our cranial nerves and then the peripheral nervous system and we had to sort of memorize the 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 pathways of the peripheral nerves and what joins up with what and where and everything but i had never um really been educated in the function of the nervous system beyond um the the, the pathways of the nervous systems and how it affected movement, I certainly wasn't really told or educated in how we can manipulate or control our nervous systems and how that may impact the physiology of our body. And then the ramifications of that change within our physiological state can then have on the thoughts we then are able to have through the different hormonal pathways that are triggered or de-escalated in that way. And I guess this is what you're talking about in when you're sort of saying um, the mind-body connection can really be impacted when we learn of how we can control our autonomic nervous system through, like you say, breath work, um, very powerful practice, which really can do that. And yoga, how how do the asanas, um, and I mean the asanas, um, really impact? Because so, so yoga has so many facets to it, doesn't it? I mean, it has obviously philosophical, um, a philosophical and ethical um, basis. It has a breathwork component. It has um, the asanas, which are the postures, um, which are encouraged. Um, among others that I guess I'm not so aware of actually but when you say um, you help to tone the vagus nerve does that is is that are there practices or or are the asanas important in in doing that Um, do you use that or would you say that breath work was 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 um, more potent um, entry in Good question. I would say that one of the key facets of all the yoga practice is actually the combination of asanas or postures with breath work. And if we're not bringing breath work into those physical postures, then we're not actually practicing yoga. And so often I think these days that really um, moment to moment attention on the breath is lost in a lot of teaching. There's so many yoga teachers classes I go to and there's hardly any cueing around the breath but it's the things it's those things in combination that can help us to achieve the state of yoga and yoga meaning union so um, while of course we can sit and be in seated postures and practice various different breath work um, practices it's the combination of breath work and the physical postures that's that's really helping us to find that sort of alignment in the mind and in the body. The reason being that it has a um, a specific sort of simultaneously activating and resting function that goes on in the nervous system. So I can give an example that helps to um, clarify. So basically, we're always looking 
to create equilibrium in the body with yoga. And that's that's really the practice of yoga is to experience balance and stillness and, and peace. But if we're living in a body that has a nervous system that's really aggravated or stressed uh, or conversely is completely lethargic and depressed and inert, we need to stimulate the nervous system into a place of balance. We need to bring in practices that are going to help to either lift that inert state or soften down and relax that aggravated, stressed, high alert state. And various different postures are going to stimulate that. So for example, any posture that has us folding forward in a, in a forward bend where our head is lower than our heart and perhaps our belly is resting on our legs, that's going to activate the parasympathetic nervous system. So that's going to have a cooling, calming, grounding effect on us. And so that's really helpful if we're high alert and we're stressed. By contrast, something like Warrior 2, where we're standing up and we've got our hips open and our legs are spread wide and we're reaching our arms in opposite directions and the chest is open. It's quite a strong, quite a dynamic pose, particularly for people who are newer to the practice. It's quite activating. We've got the front leg bent. There's quite a lot of work going on there. You know, the muscles are engaged um, and the heart will quicken. Things will speed up. The breath rate will, will quicken as well. So that brings activation and energy to a, to a body that might otherwise be, um, you know, if, if we're trying to lift the energy for somebody who is is inactive and inert. But crucially, it's the breathing in either of those places that helps us to find regulation in our nervous system. So if I'm in warrior two, my heart rate is quickening and my breath is speeding up and I'm starting to find it a bit stressful. Maybe I'm sweating. I breathe deeply into that pose and I counteract the stress response by taking deep, long, mindful breaths, maybe for five or six rounds of breath. And that helps my nervous system learn how to respond to stress in the future when it's off the mat as well. And equally, if I'm in that seated pose and I'm folding forward over my legs and I'm breathing deeply into the curve of my back and into my lower back and kidneys and through the you know the length of my hamstrings, anywhere that feels like it's being um, stretched and woken up through that posture, again I'm stabilizing my nervous system through that breath, and that's what helps us to find that that sense of equilibrium. Mm. And it's things like that that I'm teaching to these medical students. Like, here are some things that you can use to counteract how you're feeling and to find your way back to steadiness and safety in your body and stillness and you know calm and relaxation these are the things that you can do to energize yourself if you've been revising really hard and your brain is foggy and you need energy and you know you need to get oxygen into your blood supply it's all these sort of you know almost like yoga snacks tips and tricks that they can use to to, to change the um, the flow of things in their own bodies. So uh, although like this teaching may be helping um, medical students in a really practical way um, in their s student years, as an example, I think this is really equipping them with self-knowledge of their own bodies, which then allows them to empathize with their patients um, and also give them tools um, and signpost them to yoga um, when that may help them. That's certainly been my experience. And, and so I think that this teaching just goes, will go far and wide with these medical students, which is why it's so important. That's exactly it. I mean, on the one hand, yes, we're teaching, I'm teaching them tools for um, understanding the sort of biomechanics of yoga. But again, I'm, it's, it's a bit of a subterfuge. I'm really there to try and give them the tools for understanding themselves and for going on that journey of self-discovery and reflection, you know, and to understand. I, I sort of start out by hoping and trying to bust all the myths about yoga and 
to let them know that it's nothing to do with their their physical prowess or their flexibility or their stamina, but really that it's a journey of of inward looking and self-discovery and self-development and that it's really about what they, you know, that I, I sort of use that quote, um, yoga's not about being able to touch your toes, it's about what you learn on the way down. And those sorts of pointers that help them to actually step back from what is a very competitive um, training program, a very competitive profession, and just early in their professional lives, understand the value of of turning the gaze inward and, and becoming familiar with themselves. And as you quite rightly say, releasing things from their hips, from their heart, from their bodies, you know, allowing allowing tears to fall and to not feel ashamed or um, embarrassed, allowing themselves to be soft and vulnerable with themselves. You know, we all also do some work on on self-compassion. And just as you said, it's all of this is about supporting them to relate to themselves so that they can in turn relate to their future patients. Because Otherwise, what have you got is is just a doctor who's trained to look solely at the biology of things and to be impersonal and clinical and to have no, you know, bedside manner to speak of and and no experience of life and of the complexity of the human psyche and the soul. Um, you know, if you if you are just training sort of effectively. I don't know, biological automatons who can just read illness and then treat illness with pharmaceuticals, then you're not creating doctors who are whole people. And so I really, I do feel very proud of this work being a big contributor to education of the whole doctor. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And doctors typically and medical students typically live in their heads. And so actually bringing them into their bodies and allowing them to experience their bodies, I imagine would be quite a new experience for a lot of these people by allowing them to experience themselves in a a deeper way. They'll be able to experience their patients in a a really different way, in a much more holistic way. Um, Exactly. I can really see that being, being true. And we talked, you know, I'm so intrigued because this is such a rare experience for medical students to receive this sort of education. You deliver this programme, remind me where? So for four years it ran at Queen Mary University in London and now this autumn 2023 it is starting up at Bristol University and then hopefully the University of Kent and Medway next year and I'm working on Exeter university at the moment as well so hopefully it will keep spreading far and wide wow wow that's really great to hear great to hear do you have um do you get any feedback from your students about how they take this education forward and how it's helped them yeah I do so I always um send out pre and post questionnaires because I like to get a good sense of where I'm starting with these students, where they are in terms of things like general physical health, general mental health, general emotional health, how their sleep is, um, sort of how high the incidence of stress and anxiety is in the group, that kind of thing. And then I pull them after the two or three weeks that we've been working together to see what kind of an impact this regular yoga practice has had for them. And the results are always really unsurprising to me, but overwhelming in their positivity. I mean, people just at the sort of functional level, generally their sleep really improves, their mental health really improves, their sense of self really improves. And then I have the privilege of reading their personal reflections as well as their testimonials on the on the course. And that's very moving because a lot of them, so, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of them will also, as well as, um, so it depends from, from university to university how they're assessed, but certainly at Queen Mary, they had the choice to 
either submit an academic paper on an area of research that they were interested in. So like, you know, what's the effect of a yoga pilot trial on people with autism or IBS or undergoing chemotherapy and looking at the evidence basis for how yoga has has supported those groups. But increasingly, a lot of students were choosing not to write an academic paper, but rather to submit a creative artifact. And so all these medical students would, would deliver like drawings and poems and photographs and these just beautiful inner explorations of the journey that they'd been on in this in this program um and accompanying either of those things they would write this personal reflection talking about what they came into the program with what their expectations were um how they were challenged how they were illuminated um and sort of setting intentions for for the future and how they'd like to continue their yoga practice and it's it it really was a privilege just to have have a view into their lives you know a lot of them wrote of a lot of personal pain things like losses in the family personal grief breakups mental health challenges the pressure of medical school um the feeling of being alone or different to others or unable to keep up like it really showed to me how much pressure a lot of them were living under and how yoga had been a release valve for them and an outlet for them to let go of stuff that they were carrying or even to become aware of stuff that they weren't, you know, that they weren't aware they were carrying. Um, so there's this maturation that goes on just during two or three short weeks, which is really beautiful and really profound to see. Um, and just gives me massive encouragement for how needed the work is. You know, it's real proof of the fact that it's needed. And bearing in mind, like these are students who are having a very different experience to the kind of student time I had. Um, I, I studied English literature. I, you know, I don't have a medical background, but the the current day Met, uh, student experience is very very pressured and you know it's a very expensive investment um they're also under a lot of pressure from social media and quite a lot of these students as well are um sons or daughters of immigrants and have been strongly encouraged into medicine and feel a massive sense of obligation to fulfill their parents expectations um, so there's a lot of different social factors that are going on that that really impact how they feel about themselves and their lives. And again, this program feels like an opportunity to give them, yes, the evidence basis for why we're doing this. Yes, the neurophysiological reasoning and, you know, all that scientific stuff, but also really to give them a chance to experience stillness and peace and self-love and that's the key thing isn't it this is a it's introducing a tool that they can then use in life and I guess it's a tool that they may not have felt welcome in or they may have felt skeptical about um but by presenting it to them in their language, it, on their course, really offers them a sort of easy pathway in to a tool that can really support them. And we were talking a little bit earlier, just before we hit record, about this 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 translation piece. So, by by framing yoga and presenting yoga. Um, with an evidence base and with the neurophysiology um you know it's it's I guess making it very western and that sort of is slightly problematic maybe however and and I think it is also quite common amongst all of the so-called alternative or integrative healthcare practices um 
we find ourselves trying to prove and 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 find explanations and find out the neurochemicals that are involved and what's actually going on to before we can accept before the western mind can accept or embrace or integrate the practices into um our our lives and although that's maybe slightly problematic um because these ancient practices you know you know are are almost like the opposite of reductionist in their approach and it's quite hard to to um break down all the individual um you know components that are really you know active um in in uh in the process of overall wellness that they create um it does help to translate this information in a way that can be understood and then incorporated. Um, you studied a master's in yoga studies, which is, I think, such a um, a Western thing to do. Western thing <laughs> to do, and an illustration, I think, and an illustration, the perfect illustration of of um, of you know or an example of 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 how how we can or how we do try to break down you know these um ideas philosophies practices um but also the usefulness of that because it's allowing you to enter spaces that would you would otherwise not be allowed to enter and then reach people that would not otherwise want to be reached or could be reached um can you talk talk to that idea yeah, yeah absolutely so that that was exactly the the idea um i'd been on a very very deep and profound and transformative journey with yoga i basically got into the practice in my late 20s when in quick succession i lost my dad to a brain tumor and then got dumped by my long term boyfriend and painful very painful extraordinarily painful i felt like i'd lost my past and my future in the very same moment and i was in a deep depression and i had also just opened a restaurant um so i was working crazy crazy hours and in very physically demanding circumstances <clears throat> and i was really unable unable to cope i i felt the heartbreak and the grief very physically and to cut a long story short i started working we had a we had a waitress who started working at our restaurant and i told her what had gone on in my life and and how difficult i was finding it and i couldn't sleep I didn't want to eat. I um, felt very, very uh, cut off from the world. And I felt like my life had changed in a way that was completely out of my control. And what I later understood was that I, I was experiencing trauma. Um, my emotions were all over the place. I was aggressive. I was depressed. I was... I couldn't trust myself and I didn't feel safe in my body and all again all these things that I sort of later found out were were symptoms of trauma. But she she told me, "Oh, well, there's this local meditation teacher who really helped me through a rough period of time. Why don't you go and see him?" And for some reason I did and I started meditating with this teacher and it really really helped me. I I connected with it very quickly and from there I started practicing moving meditation yoga with that same teacher and again that release started to happen and i started to feel safe i started to feel peaceful i started to feel like i could begin to cope with the intensity of my emotions and the intensity of the pain that i was in and i quickly developed a very regular practice and i got very very interested in what this was so i had gone into it as a complete skeptic and you know when when this waitress had said to me go and see a meditation teacher i was just like what the fuck are you talking about like there's no way meditation is going to even touch the sides of of the level of pain that i'm in but something in me was curious and and open so i did and 
So I started asking these questions that what is this? What is happening in my body? Why is making these weird shapes with my body that I've never done before and, and make me feel quite weird, given that I'm sort of upside down a lot and twisting and looking in new directions? And it was all really unfamiliar to me. What is this? Why is it working? Why do I come out feeling peaceful? And like that endless chattering of my mind has stopped all the awful storytelling that goes on, you know, when you're in pain, all the demons that come up and out and, you know, tell you that you're worthless, tell you that you deserved this, that sort of stuff. You know, it was it was a tool that was taking away my suffering. So I got really interested in it. Um, I went away to do a teacher training in yoga, not because I wanted to be a teacher, but because I just wanted to dive further into the technology of it and the history and background. I just wanted to know more about it. And it was the only thing I wanted to do was practice, 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 practice. You know, it was quite obsessive. And so when I came out of the teacher training, I really had more questions. I, I wanted to go deeper again. And I had this realization that I wanted to teach and take the practice into all the places in the world where there was the most pain. Because if it had carried me through what was the most pain I had, I had ever experienced, then it was bound to be replicable and useful elsewhere. And I went on from that teacher training to travel around California and spend some time there. And I realized that I wanted to live there because at that time I was still, there's a lot going on there around mind-body education and spirituality and it's quite a different mindset to, to London, where I'm from, which is much more empirical and much more um, sceptical and cynical. I wanted to go and be somewhere where I could really be in the flow of my spirituality and the the sort of depth of experiencing that, that I was going through. So um, I remember Googling, you know, is there such a thing as a master's degree in, in yoga studies? Um, and lo and behold, there was. And weirdly enough, there was one in California. So I applied. And what was really exciting about that program was that it had an additional year-long certificate training in yoga, mindfulness, and social change, which was learning from educators who had taken the practice into schools, prisons, social care, um, you know, who were working on yoga and body image or yoga and colonialism or yoga and restorative justice, yoga and the prison system. Like they were doing really exciting, groundbreaking, like forward thinking, progressive work in the way that only America can, you know, America is so philanthropic. And I knew I had to go and learn from them because I knew that I wanted to to formalize and put into scientific language the healing process that I had just been through so that I could be a spokesperson and almost like an ambassador for the practice rather than just being a yoga practitioner or yoga teacher who's like, everyone should do yoga. It's so good because I say so. You know, I knew that I had to have the science because in order to make sense of my own journey, um, which once I started studying at master's level, I, I finally understood that what I had experienced was trauma. You know, that gave me the language to understand why my emotions were all over the place, why I felt unsafe in my body, um, how it was that yoga, you know, supported my journey through that and supported my healing. So my master's degree really gave me uh, the context that I was seeking to understand what I'd been through um, at the sort of neurological, physiological, um, emotional, spiritual levels, and then to give me the framework for knowing how to take this work into places where it wasn't being accessed. So it really was about turning something very mystical into something empirical so that I could prove to other skeptics um, in the education system or in the prison system or wherever this works. And I'm gonna I'm gonna show you how it works. And that's such an important key because the we can get really polarized in these opposite or seemingly opposite camps 
and um, from the empirical to the mystical. And, and unless we find a middle ground that we can speak to each other, the benefits of either way of looking that get lost and we um none of us seek the benefit um from 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 a, from from a different perspective so i think that's really important and quite fascinating to see how you how you approach that and how you did that and i almost want to pick up on i guess uh, the, the learnings from that master program because I'm really interested in what you're calling trauma-informed um, yoga um, because we, we hear we, you know we hear a lot about trauma um, big t trauma little t trauma and and how that impacts our nervous system can you go into a little bit more detail there um, for anyone who does want a bit more of a scientific understanding of actually what is going on and then how yoga can help us um, sort of manage traumatic experiences in our lives. Yeah, so there is a lot more to it than I can say in just a few minutes, but absolutely to try and summarise, effectively, Trauma is the response that we have to an event that um, the body and the mind perceive as deeply threatening to our survival. And that that alert signal that gets sent around the mind and the body in response to a threat, a big life event or um, a, a deep shock, that response is the trauma. And it is a response that needs regulating and working through. So in a healthy nervous system, when we when we are shocked, let's say <clears throat> we step out into the road and a bus comes by, our nervous system will react to that threat and mobilize through the sympathetic nervous system to get us out of the way. You know, our heart starts racing quickly, our muscles activate and we get out of the way. And obviously that's a very useful um, evolutionary function that helps us to helped us to survive in the wild but in effect when we're traumatized it's like that that alert signal continues to ring and it doesn't shut down we don't find natural homeostasis or balance following the threat as we would do um, in a healthy nervous system after we've stepped out of the way of the bus when we're traumatized that alert signal continues to ring and we may stay in that state of high alert or we may become shut down, like hypo-aroused, and we may equally move between those two places. And effectively, when that alert signal is running, when the amygdala, the fear center of the brain, is detecting um, a threat and is sending the signal to be afraid, when the prefrontal cortex is is watching our, you know, our surroundings and seeing this and that and everybody else as a threat to our danger when the whole body is responding to those signals, we can be in, um, we can become eventually sort of, um, I suppose, exhausted and, and over-adrenalized by, by the signals that are, that are coming through. And that has a massive impact on the rest of the workings of our body. You know, if we can't rest and relax and we can't heal from injury, we can't assimilate the nutrients from our food, we can't sleep. Um, but equally what tends to happen to a lot of people is this, this chronic feeling of, of being unsafe in our own bodies and in the world around us. So everything becomes a potential stressor and threat. And effectively what we're doing in a trauma-informed approach to yoga is understanding where on that sort of spectrum of responses somebody might be and using ways of of practicing to help them to find step stability and equilibrium in their nervous system and signaling to the brain that that safety is present that it's and that it's okay to switch off and and no longer be hyper alert or hyper aroused um so it's more complicated than that there are more mechanisms at, at hand but effectively because yoga's whole sort of driving mission is about finding 
that stability and finding that um that sense of alignment that sense of balance that's always what we're working towards in a trauma-informed approach and really a lot of it is about grounding um again if you think about somebody who is in a hyper aroused state um who is unable to read other people's body language or their facial expressions who perceives therefore everyone to be a threat to their own safety we're helping to bring that person down into a place of grounding where the physiology of their body let's say through poses like child's pose anything that's grounding the thing that helps to again lower the blood pressure lower the heart rate um and send you know feel good um relaxing hormones around the body things like tryptophan things that help them to physically feel good and safe that's going to help to to counteract those um the sort of hyper aroused states that they're in so there's a lot around grounding there's a lot around centering there's also a lot that we do to counteract the shame that comes with being in a traumatized state so because our emotions may well be really violent and all over the place and very very changeable again because of the chemistry of the body that's saying i'm not safe um toxic shame and and chronic shame are really prevalent um because if you don't feel safe in your body and you know that your uh your aggression your violence your outbursts um your chronic lack of trust in in yourself and others and the world is throwing you all over the place shame tends to sit on top of that as well um and so we do a lot of work you know around um self compassion self love gratitude you know these contemplative heart based practices are also really powerful um in a trauma informed approach to yoga so that we can begin to befriend our experience rather than constantly running from it because that's the other thing when emotions are running that high and we can all imagine how distressing it is to be in that state what's really common is that we resort to things like drink and drugs to numb that and to try to numb the emotion and and numb the pain and dissociate basically because it it is intolerable to be in a body that is traumatized and and that is feeling like that much of an emotional shipwreck so you know those maladaptive coping mechanisms become really common and again what we're doing in a trauma informed approach to yoga is helping people to choose empowered alternatives helping them to experience that safety from within their body so that they no longer feel the need to run from it or drown it in in painkillers yeah i guess it's like expanding their tolerability like their tolerance to their own experience so being able to expand our window of tolerance um to be able to hold a fuller um experience allows us then the flexibility to process the emotion and release it rather than hold on to it because um it's too much or they're 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 in they're in a shame um spiral so we have to hide um, hide it from ourselves, hide it from other people. I can really, yeah, that really helps me to understand that. Yeah, that really helps me to understand that. Um, so, you know, you did your you did your master's and you got a training in not only how to work with with yoga and understand the mechanics of it, but also how to bring it into spaces that really need it and you're really making strides in that area taking it to universities to treat to treat to 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 work with medical students we've sort of briefly covered um what other spaces you've taken it into can you tell me more about what you're currently working on out with medical students you know what other social spaces are you bringing this practice into so medical students actually my main focus at the moment because it's it feels like it's um a really impactful place to take the work in that i can work with quite large numbers of people um at a time 
uh, they're elective courses that I run, so they're not um, compulsory. Students self-select them, um, which is really interesting. I mean, at Queen Mary, at its peak, I had sort of 70 students in in, in one cohort, and that was um, particularly powerful during the pandemic years when everything had to go online and you know I just thought let's open up as much capacity as possible because this is this is even more needed than than usual but I really do um you know that really is my focus at the moment is finding more and more open-minded university course conveners who say yeah we're really interested in that that could really benefit our medical students let's talk about this and and bring it on board because I know that when I've worked with 20 or 30 students who've been really positively impacted by their learning and their progress they then can go out and become as you touched on earlier you know those sort of spokespeople for it the idea is that they can um prescribe yoga through social prescribing to their future patients um but generally as well they go away and they talk about it with their peers and their friends and family who are suffering from all sorts of you know minor and major medical complaints so it feels like a very um deeply and quickly impactful place to to do my work and and I know that that's where it's going to have the most social impact as if I continue to focus there because it's going to create systems change within the NHS if more and more students are coming through and into the system with this sort of mindset and this sort of education um, but in the past I have done a lot of work with yeah various different community groups um, I loved working with war veterans when I was living in and studying in LA I used to do some work at the local health clinic for a couple of years as well working with um, Latina women there in Santa Monica and as many schools as I can get this into as well, you know, I whenever there's um, an invitation to do that, then I then I do. I particularly love working with sort of sixteen to eighteen year olds when they're on that cusp of a lot of personal change and you know the beginnings of adulthood and um, really learning how to sort of individuate themselves from the pack. Um, you know that's what's so wonderful about this work is that it it is applicable everywhere like there's nowhere in society where I don't think it would benefit and obviously yoga isn't for everybody like I, I really do understand that that um you know I, I I think people need to come to it when they're ready and people generally do come to it when they're ready I think there's something really interesting about that that people seek it um or perhaps don't even knowingly seek it, but that somehow the practice finds them when it's needed. I mean, I certainly, that's how I felt. I found my way to it, that it, that it was it coming to me, um, which is very beautiful. Yeah. I think that's very true. Some people, some people find it through sport. You know, I think any practice that allows you to meet yourself and, with yoga, that can be through periods of stillness and is particularly useful for people who are living in their heads a lot and don't really find pockets of stillness to really settle into meeting themselves um, in, in that sort of space. But there's other people and patients that I see who I know are never going to um are never going to pick up yoga. There's no point having that conversation, but I might mention to them um sport boxing, you know, running, um, any experience where you are going to be meeting sides of yourself that you would rather not meet um, gives you an opportunity to really, to really get to know those parts because that's where all the um, growth factor lives um, and is often so needed in times of crisis, whether that be um, crises in your health, um, whether that be physical, emotional, spiritual, um, you know, uh, and and I, I tend to see them when they 
experience that in their bodies. Um, so yeah, I think that that's a really good point that yoga may not be for everyone, um, but it is certainly a tool that um, is accessible, especially online these days with price being not such a barrier um, to, and, and also and, and time, um, you know, and, and location. So it's, it's an accessible practice, which um, allows you to get to know yourself in, in a deeper way and increase, expand your capacity to experience your life fully. Um, mm. And I think that's a, a, a beautiful gift and something that we really need to um, know is there for us if and when we need it. So thank you so much for introducing that to the next generation of medical students. Um, I'm so intrigued to watch them as they come through and then relate to themselves and their patients um, it, it better, really, than, we, than they have in the past. Um, so thank you so much for following following your pathway, um, doing the translation um, into empirical speech um, so that we, it really can be accessed by more, by more people. So thank you so much for the work you're doing in the world. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ellie. Thank you so much, Jude. Lovely to talk with you. Thank you for listening, Body, Mind, Soul Seekers. If you want to connect with trusted alternative therapists, learn more about what they do and how they can help you, check out my new holistic healthcare platform, The Witchy Women. Or if you are a holistic healer that wants to serve and help more people, book in a discovery call with me. Find more details at thewitchywomen.com. To show your support for this podcast, please share it with a friend or leave a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It really does make a difference. Thank you all so much. Until next time.